Hello and welcome back to the Wise Athletes Podcast with Joe Lavelle and Dr. Glenn Winkle. On today's episode number 39, we are joined by Wendy Friesen, a certified hypnotherapist with 27 years experience working with athletes. I asked Wendy to join us on the podcast to explain how sports hypnosis can be used and how it works to help athletes at all levels perform better. Sports hypnosis is not the magic show you've seen in the movies or on TV. Sports hypnosis is a form of mental training and can be used by hypnotherapists or by the athlete him or herself using self-hypnosis to improve performance. Our discussion with Wendy is a really fascinating discussion about a subject that seems too good to be true, but maybe it is. I welcome you to listen in and judge for yourself. All right, let's talk to Wendy. All right, everybody. Well, uh, Wendy, thank you very much for joining us on the Wise Athletes Podcast. Yeah, thank you. This is going to be fun. I'm really excited to talk about sports and hypnosis, one of my favorite topics. Yes, I bet it is. That's that's your deal. I've never actually spoken to anybody who does that. So I really have a lot of questions. I mean, let me just start by saying that I, I haven't heard much about the subject of sports hypnosis. You know, my background in hypnosis is as a kid, I would see hypnosis acts the watch and you know and then the guy gets up and he's walking around stage clucking like a chicken kind of a thing and so when i hear that people are doing hypnosis for sports i'm thinking what how could that be true but in the last few years i really have made an effort to explore more of those out there ideas as i'm looking for ways to improve my own health and my own sports performance and so i've explored in some depth, things like, you know, breathing practices for creating alertness and relaxation and meditation kinds of things, you know, if only just for to help me to sleep better, right? listening to yoga nindra, you know, these kinds of things. And so hypnosis kind of feels like it fits in there. Is that right? Yeah. So I've been doing this for 27 years. And when I first started, there was a conference I would go to called the NGH and I thought this isn't really my peers. There are a bunch of funny old men that are fat and they smoke and <laughs> and they're the watch swingers that you're talking about. Uh-huh. And that old image of hypnosis and it just felt like this isn't the profession that I signed up for. So now it started evolving. Um in those 27 years it became a profession of very smart people who are doing a lot of research and finding out how the brain works and improving the way that we do hypnotherapy. And the the people that uh, are doing the conferences now and such, they just have invented new processes and created like magnificent ways to make your brain work the way you want. And it has turned wow. into something that is just mind-blowing. Well, awesome. Uh, so um, your specialty is in helping athletes improve performance. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And I just started getting into it when I had a golfer that came to me and wanted some help with his game. And as we all know, golf is such a mind game, you know, though, as soon as you get that little switch flipped and you get that little bit of fear and uncertainty and insecurity, your brain looks for more things that support that emotion or feeling or that belief. So as soon as there's one little thing, it's like, oh, damn it, I I blew it. Then your brain is searching for all the things that have the same feelings and bringing them all up. And so now it's really hard to get back into your game. And that in every sport, that's an issue. Um, And, you know, professional athletes, they get into some bad situations where they can't seem to get it back. Um, And I know a lot of them use hypnosis. In fact, 
when I was new at this, I was watching a golf tournament and the man who won the tournament said, I owe this to my hypnotherapist wow. <laughs> who totally changed my game. And he was the winner and that's what had made him win. So people, th their brains end up developing these thought pathways that interfere with their performance and the hypnosis can help alter that. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And it could be something even from childhood. So I had a golfer that I was working with every morning at 6.30 a.m. He came to my office and before he went out and golfed because he wanted to go pro. One of our sessions that we did was about something in his past that had held him back or made him feel inadequate or insecure about his abilities. And he goes back to being seven years old in Little League. And he's out there playing Little League. And his dad is the coach of the team. And his mm -hmm. dad is yelling at him and mad at him and blaming him for some, you know, issues with the team and with the game. That stuck with him and that insecurity and being inadequate transferred into his golf game. And we don't know this consciously that this is what the problem is, but there's so many issues from our past that are being brought up when you're under pressure or when you want to, you know, succeed or excel or look good. And then your brain triggers this embarrassment or shame. And it's a little tough to get out of. But once we work through that memory and we just change the way that the emotion was being held, then you're free to, um, think better thoughts <laughs> and have better performance. Yeah. Well, I mean, hearing, hearing you describe your session, it kind of sounds like a, a psychotherapy kind of a session. Is that right? Is, is it, is it the same? Are you dealing with the same sorts of things and you're coming up with the same sorts of solutions, but hypnosis is just a different way of doing it? More or less. Uh, it's very different than psychotherapy because with hypnotherapy, we're doing things that have really massive effect on everything in your body, not just talking about it. Because talking about it in psychotherapy might not bring you back to a memory in your past that has to do with the anxiety or the worry or the fears or the inability to succeed. And they don't have to be sports related issues. It could be issues you had in high school or something that happened that just triggered that certain emotion. So then you're out there doing your competition, whatever your sport is, and a little bit of failure comes in and then a little fear of failure. And then you go back to 11th grade in high school. And then you go back to when your girlfriend dumped you or I mean, on and on. And you're not consciously reviewing all these memories. It's just the emotions are being triggered in your brain. So one of the things I do with my athletes as I take them into the future with hypnosis. And this is something you won't do in like psychotherapy, but I take them into the future to one month, six months, one year into the future and have them experience themselves in their game. The level of achievement that they have, the strength or the faster time or whatever it is in their sport. Then we're building a future memory in the brain the brain holds that memory as a real event that it's already happened. And consciously, we know that that is imagination, but the subconscious mind holds it as a real event. So if we put enough of these accomplishments in that future timeline and in those memories, along with the emotions and the success and the winning and whatever your need is, then when you're out there playing your sport, your brain is going to use that information to guide you and to keep you in the groove that you need 
to be really, really good and to not get pulled back into the old emotions or the old fears. Well, that sure sounds good. <laughs> However, that works. I mean, can you explain what is happening? You know, maybe you can start by this. What does it mean to be hypnotized, you know, to be in a hypnotic state? And when you are in that, that means what? You know, that's sort of unusual that if I've never been hypnotized, I've never been in that state. Right, right. And they'd like to say that it's bypassing the conscious awareness. And it kind of is, although you're still consciously alert enough to know that, okay, I'm, I'm in this recliner and my body's really relaxed. I feel like I can't move my arms or my legs. And I'm talking about your inner mind now, hearing my voice and following my voice. And you don't have to know how to do that. I just know that I've got you in that state where you still are aware and you could get up and leave anytime, but you don't, <laughs> hopefully. One man did. <laughs> he had a bad, uh, bad, little bad emotional thing and he jumped up and ran out of the office. That was not good. Don't want to do that. Uh -huh. um, but he had, a, he had a memory come up that was really uncomfortable. And so his mind just wanted him to not have to face that. But anyway, that rarely happens. So hypnosis is very relaxing. It feels really good. It's very rare that anything really difficult will come up. But if it does, we work through it and do what we can. So an interesting thing that um, this was with, it's with an Ironman competitor, a client that I had who was a drinker all his life, and he was 45 years old at the time, he was a drinker all his life. He drank over a case of beer a day. And he says, everybody who knows me knows I'm just a fat slob drunk. That's all I am. And I, all my adult life, even as a teenager, I just drink a lot of beer. So we did sessions and he went to one year in his future. And in that future, he was competing on a really high level in sports that are related to Ironman, but he didn't know that was what it was his mind was um, experiencing. But anyway, he was competing and feeling good and loving himself. And I said things like, notice what you're doing at this moment in the future and how proud you are of yourself. Notice why it means so much for you to be doing this. And of course, I don't know what he's experiencing at that time. But anyway, he called me a few days later and he said, you know, I just can't I can't figure out this future thing. I was an athlete and I'm not an athlete. I'm a fat slob drunk. I've never done one athletic thing in my life. <laughs> so because of that session, he started training and he became an Ironman competitor. And he has gone to full Ironmans all over the world. And he started this at 45 years old. But he's, he's competed in Ironmans all over the world, including here in Kona. And he still is doing that. I'm still in touch with him 20 years later. He's still doing it. And that's because he found something that felt so good and it stuck. The memory we created in that future stuck with him and was so powerful and so compelling that he just had to start training. And then he, he also said, you know, I just realized like a month later that there's a six pack of beer in my fridge and it's been there the whole time. He said, I didn't even see it. I didn't even notice it was there. So, so I, I opened a beer and I poured it in a glass and I didn't even drink it. I was like, what? Because it didn't have any connection for him anymore. But he's still an Ironman. Wow. It is so exciting to think that if he hadn't done this session with me, well, he did several sessions, but if he hadn't done that and he hadn't experienced that future, 
maybe he'd just still be drinking a case of beer a day. Yeah, yeah, he was trying to plug some hole that um, becoming an athlete actually filled. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Okay, so it sounds like getting back to this state that people are in and trying to, and I'm trying to imagine it, that you said that they're relaxed. So they're just sort of like a, a meditative state where you're really relaxed, but still alert. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we call it a relaxed, focused state of concentration. So your body is relaxed so that you're not um, you're not being disturbed by any sensation, sensations in your body or movements or anything, but it is a state of concentration that your inner mind is concentrating and focusing on what we're creating. And you know what? What is so miraculous is that in that state of mind, you are capable of changing things that you think are impossible. Like someone may have tried to quit smoking, you know, constantly and they've been smoking for 30 years and they just think there's no way. I just, I've tried so many times and I just failed. But when we're in that state and I talk to your subconscious mind about how it would feel to see cigarettes or smell cigarettes or see someone else smoking. And then we change that to the feeling that is the one they do want which is being really proud of themselves and really certain. And they just love being a non-smoker and being free from that. So that the subconscious is being triggered constantly by seeing those things, but it triggers the thing they do want. Well, now they just achieve something that they thought was impossible. They didn't believe they could quit smoking, but we just changed how their brain perceives it subconsciously. And then they just don't smoke. They just like, I, I don't know. I just, don't want it anymore. That sounds like something similar to what I've heard about how people react to dreams, where their minds experience the dreams as crazy as they might be. And everybody mm. who <laughs> remembers their dreams can attest to, yeah, pretty crazy. Mm. But at the in the moment, your, your mind doesn't filter it as, right. that's crazy, I can't fly. <laughs> it, it accepts everything exactly. as real. Right. Yeah. And so it sounds like in a meditative state, people can, you get around their filters of that's impossible or I could never do that. And they suddenly experience what it feels like to actually be that way, to have done that. And they yeah. can then say, I like that about myself. Yeah. And, you know, bringing it up about the dream state, that's so accurate because that's really what they are doing when they're in hypnosis, because they are doing and experiencing themselves with things that they didn't know they could do. You know, like in one of my hypnosis sessions early on when I was in hypnosis school, I was, I was floating and I can remember this is 28 years ago now. I was floating in this gold, ethereal, awesome, oh, it's just the best dream ever. But it was, I was aware and awake, but in hypnosis. And it was yeah. the most freeing feeling. And to just like, to just connect with that sense of freedom, it still stayed with me all these years later. And that, yeah. and you're right, it is that dream state. And once we access that and we direct it properly to give you what you do want, there are some like I say, some miraculous things that we can do. <laughs> well, so I guess that would mean that there's lots of different goals you can go after using this sort of a, a method. I mean, I can just imagine I've known people who have, you know, they've had some sort of an accident or whatever reason, they're, a, they're sort of afraid of riding their bicycle downhill because 
the bike gets going fast and, and it is a dangerous time where mm-hmm. you really can't stop very fast. And so if something happens, but then, you know, you get tense on the bike and now the bike starts getting a wobble in it. And, you know, now you're, you're more tense and it's wobbles even more and it becomes this, you know, self-fulfilling doom loop that you get into. But if you could teach people to relax as a way of being safer, yeah, then that is that's a smart thing to do. We're not talking about, oh, don't worry about dying. We're not saying that. <laughs> We're saying don't react in a way that makes it less safe. Right, right. And when, when you were saying that, whoops, just knocked my mic over. Uh, when you were saying that, <laughs> what I was imagining is, you know, the bike, the person on the bike is going down the hill. They're getting a little bit nervous. Their brain is accessing fear and wondering what to do to get things back on track. If they had a hypnosis strategy, which means that previously they have an anchor that brings them back to their resourceful state where they are balanced, strong, in control, everything comes back to, I got this. So they would have a word or a sound or something that is that anchor that triggers that state of certainty. So the bike's going a little fast, it's a little wobbly, we need to not be in that state of uncertainty. So if it is, uh, maybe their word is powerful and maybe it's the feeling of the handlebars. If you give a little squeeze on your handlebars, you go right back to that state when you say powerful and now everything comes back to that resourceful state of being in control. And that that applies to so many sports, you know, of having that resourceful state. So with golfers, they have one particular anchored state that's for driving the ball, one that's for putting, one that's for chipping, and they put themselves in that exact state every time before they take those kind of swings. I did an experiment many years ago with a bunch of golfers. Um, We had a remote radio show that a radio station brought all that equipment out to the golf course. And on a practice putting green that has a whole bunch of holes, I had, I think, about 12 or 14 golfers, and they weren't pros or anything. They were just recreational. So okay. had each of them take five balls and just put those five balls down in a spot, and there's a hole that they're going to shoot for. And because there's many holes on those putting greens, <clears throat> everyone had different holes to shoot for. So anyway, I said, go ahead and hit the five balls into that hole. And now hold your hand up and tell us how many you got in. And most of them were either zero or they held up one finger. Maybe a couple people had two that they got in. So that's what they did. Then they went inside the clubhouse with me. And I did about a 15-minute hypnosis session on putting and how their inner mind would know exactly how much force, speed, the, the turf, the way the ball was going to roll and all of this was going to happen automatically and all that. So then we go back out on the practice putting green and I had them do five balls into a hole again. And after they were done, I said, hold up your hand for how many you got in. And they're all like twos and threes and fours. And most of them were threes and fours when previously it was only like zeros and ones and the the radio host was like, what? You just instantly made them into really good putters, you know, because we put so much pressure on ourselves with every sport. 
but we can improve our performance. I know there's uh, some research that was done with free throws in basketball and how yeah. much hypnosis changes your free throw shot after, after you're doing the hypnosis. That's really interesting. Uh, all of those things that you described are situations where you have all the time in the world to think about how embarrassed you're going to be when you <laughs> screw up. And, you know, uh, you know, and in the golfing, I, I, I used to play a lot of golf and I, I can remember, you know, the, the challenge was always, you know, do you, do you just assume you're going to miss? And so you under hit it. So you don't go <laughs> way past it. If you hit it too hard, you might not get it on the next hit, you know, you might be so far past. So, you know, you always had to talk yourself into, no, I'm going to try to put it in the hole. I'm not going to try to get it close. I'm going to try to put it in the hole. <laughs> but it's better than having the doubts. It's better for you to say, I'm going to get it in the hole rather than, well, maybe I should do it short because I don't want to screw it up and then have it go too far. Yeah, you yeah. have all this uncertainty swirling around in your yeah. head. But it's so hard just in those situations where you have all the time in the world to to think it and, and overthink it and over overthink it and over, over, over. Anyway, <laughs> but I, I, this whole getting into this sort of mindset, this I don't know if flow is the right word, but this getting past your sort of walls of doubt and fear and whatever it is, rock climbing used to be my thing. And to a large extent, rock climbing is about overcoming your fears. Mm, big time, yeah. And there are, like I was talking about, the as you get afraid and you start doing things as you get afraid, as you're going downhill on a bicycle, you can react in ways that make it more dangerous because you're afraid. Well, it's the same thing with rock climbing. The, it, the more afraid you are, the more, the harder you'll grip onto things and the faster you wear out. And, yeah. and the more afraid you are, the more protection you put in, which you're using up your resources, your energy doing these things, which makes you more likely to fall. And so the key is to you know, be in that, I don't know what you call it, a, a flow, be in a zone where you're confident enough to keep on going, you know, your limitations. And so you're, you're always, you're looking for ways to rest while you're going, but it's kind of amazing. This connection that, that I just made in my own mind, <laughs> what the one thing that worked for me always was when I, you know, I'd be afraid if I could think to play in my mind a song. It it was Gary Owen is the the little uh, tune. It's like a band marching song uh, from the Civil War type frame. But but it, of course I I knew it from what my when I was a kid. My favorite movie was Little Big Man, and they were and it was about the Seventh Cavalry, and they were always playing. And that was actually the song of the Seventh Cavalry. So they were playing that song all the time. And if I would play that tune in my mind, I would immediately lose my fear and I would just climb coolly and I would succeed because I wasn't afraid right, anymore. Right. And that sounds so very similar to what you're describing. Yeah, that song anchored a state of mind for you. And that state of mind flooded your body with this certainty that you've got this and you know what you're doing and everything's going smoothly because music especially is a huge anchor for us and we keep it in our subconscious our, like our whole life. You might have had something that 
you loved and when you were 15 years old, there's a song that just did something for you and a specific moment in your life. And when you hear it now, you feel it again. You go right back into that state. Yeah. So I'm starting to get it. And so you're saying that through hypnosis, people get into this mental state that allows them to create these you know, this song in my head or a word that would mm -hmm. have an effect on my mental state when I had the alertness to remember the word at the right moment. Right. And we want it to kick in automatically. So whatever sport it is, like if I'm working with a basketball player, it might be if there's a specific shot that we're working on anchoring a state for, it might be the edge of the rim of the basket, um, that there's some specific spot that when your mind sees that consciously and unconsciously, you're going into that state where you know it's going in, everything in your body works together, every muscle, every movement, all works together fluidly and perfectly for that ball to go right in there. And we, we want to recreate that state with every athlete, but I want it to happen unconsciously. I don't want you to have to try and think, okay, what was that song? I got to get that song in my head. We oh, want yeah. it to happen naturally. So in in golf, for instance, I have you notice the little dimples on the ball when you're getting ready to drive the ball. And there's a specific thing that that's going to do for you when you're ready to drive it, that your mind already knows all the power and the force and the speed and the roll of where that ball needs to go precisely. And that's already there. And you'll feel that fluidity when you take that swing. So with basketball players, I was saying that they did you know, research to show what happens before hypnosis and after hypnosis and how much you increase your free throws. I worked with a young lady that was wanting to go into um, pro basketball and she had in college, you know, played ball and stuff. She just needed to do better so that she didn't screw it up if she got her nerves or got scared. And she needed her defense to be really sharp. So we used hypnosis to get her to kind of think a second ahead of what was happening so she could get in and out of all the spaces she needed, have more speed, have an intuitive feeling of what the other players were doing and know how to drive her body through the players. Uh, so anyway, her dad went and saw her next game after we had worked together for a few sessions. And he said, she's had her best games ever. She has been playing like she has never played before. She's definitely, you know, overcome whatever it was that was holding her back. But any sport, like the Ironman stuff, I have recorded sessions for the bicycling and the swimming and the marathon. And <laughs> Every one of them, it is about getting your subconscious mind to be so involved in the fluidity and the connection with your body and everything working right and working together and your speed being faster than it ever has been and your endurance and everything else. And so for each one of those, you're, you're embedding a totally different state of mind for each part of the sport. We oh. have an Ironman here that got canceled. It was supposed to be happening Yes, I heard In October. That. Well, they, re they rescheduled it for like February, but it was so sad because I love Iron Man. Oh my gosh, that's one of my favorite things to, to watch. Oh, huge event. Yeah, yeah, um, those amazing yeah. people. <laughs> so I don't know whether you can explain it to us, but you know, is there some way for you to help us with what's this mechanism? You know, because the things that I've talked about that I did with some effect. We're not things that I was hypnotized in order to do. 
So it may be that there's some things that you know about and you could help our listeners understand that they can do for themselves Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and get some benefits. And maybe they need a professional like yourself to get the maximum benefits, or maybe some people are tough, you know, they've got thick shells that it takes an expert to break through. But, you know, if we could just kind of understand the basic mechanism and and some simple things that people could do for themselves, that would be really helpful. For sure. So everybody is hypnotizable and everybody can learn how to do self-hypnosis so that you can get yourself into that state. You don't have to be in some zonked out state like you see when there's a stage show and a stage show and they're making people do silly things. It's very different. So you can relax in a recliner, have your head supported. You could lie down in bed, but sometimes lying down in bed makes your mind think about going to sleep just because of the Mm -hmm. physical aspects. So kind of a recliner situation is nice. Then you want to relax your body. And a lot of people just start at the top of their head. Be aware of your body as you relax all the muscles in your face. You let the muscles in your neck relax. Your shoulders relax. You slow your breathing down and you notice your arms are getting heavy. And you're just doing this to yourself. So let your your muscles in your belly get heavy and loose and limp and your legs getting heavy. And, of course, you do this a little slower than what I'm describing. But let your body get so heavy that it feels like you don't even want to move anything in your body, that you're just so relaxed and nothing needs to happen. So get in that space and then you could count downward from 10 and just get your mind to relax and say to yourself, when I get to the number one, my inner mind or subconscious mind will be open to making some changes. And then Just count slowly with each number and just trust that your subconscious mind is now getting ready, just like in that dream state, to make some changes. Whatever your sport is, now you want to take that one specific aspect of that sport and you want to mentally rehearse it, but you want to do it in the way that is the way you want to experience it when you're in that state of flow, when every muscle in your body is moving just the way you want and you feel it and you feel that excitement of knowing that I have got this, this is really good and I'm in there. And put yourself in a competitive situation if you want and then have yourself notice that I'm relaxed and aware and focused. My body is doing just what it needs. And when I say relaxed, Of course, you are doing something physical, but I don't want you to use words like, I'm not nervous, or I'm not fearful, or I'm, you know, um, I say things to my competitors, like all of the other competitors, when you see them, you notice it gives you a surge of power. You remain focused, and your attention is on what you are doing and how good this feels. So we want to use positive words. So the first thing I said was get your body relaxed. Next thing was count from 10 down to one, get your mind open, imagine and visualize and feel physically the state that you want to be in. Even notice the sounds around you in your sport. So maybe you're racing on a bike and you hear all these other bicycles that are all around you. And while that sound in the past might've made you nervous or might've made you like, you know, concerned or worry, now that sound is gonna push you forward, push you even harder to feel your body being in that absolute excellent state. So don't say anything negative because you don't want to put something in there that's like, 
oh, I won't be nervous this time. I'm going to, I'm going to surge to the front. I'm not going to, you know, don't let me screw this up. <laughs> Just make sure right. everything you're programming yeah. in there is positive. And of course, take yourself to the finish point of your sport, wherever that is. If you're riding that bike, it's that finish line and let yourself win and let yourself have that reassurance and that certainty that, yeah, I did this. I, I got it. I'm, I'm on it. And then create something that's an anchor. So after you have imagined that piece of your sport, just relax some more and have something that is the word of the phrase that anchors this state. So what is the word of the phrase? And it's different for everybody. It could be one word or it could be, I'm in the flow or that I know I can win or this is the best I've ever felt, whatever it is. So you can always bring yourself back to that state. Have a physical right. anchor. So that was your auditory anchor you hear in your mind. Your physical anchor might be, if you were bicycling, it might be giving a squeeze of the handlebars, just a really quick little squeeze, and that's your kinesthetic anchor. For a golfer, it's the club in their hand, and it's a certain way that I have them squeeze their hand with the club. Uh, visual anchor, you want to have something that you see that puts you right in that state. So if you're biking, something on your handlebars, some specific little thing that's got a unique thing. So you got a kinesthetic, auditory, and visual anchor. So using all three of those anchors, we put you back into that state. If you need to amplify what you're doing, go get stronger, go faster, you keep using those anchors to get yourself into that state. Hmm. Interesting. That sounded, although I, I think you mean something different, but it sounded like what you hear people talking about visualization, where they, as you're doing your warm up for the race, start thinking about how the race is going to go well, mm -hmm. you know, how you're going to make the move at just the right time to, you know, win that race or that kind of a thing. And, and maybe that's not inconsistent with what you're saying. Maybe it's the same kind of thing, but you're talking about sort of setting the stage. Yeah, yeah, and visualizing is one of the elements. We need to get all of the elements involved. And there's another one, which is any fears you have from the past that you don't want popping up or any times where you haven't done your best or even like I was saying, like the golf guy that went back to being in little league when his dad was yelling yeah, at him. We got to yeah, get yeah. some of those things out of there. And there's some processes we can do for that and work on going back to those events when maybe you did something, you screw up, or you fell off your bike or you, you know, lost the game for the entire team. And you are feeling that still that you're carrying with you that feeling that like, oh God, how did I do that? Oh, I'm, it's, I'm so embarrassed, I'm ashamed of myself. I just screwed up in front of everybody. And, and so you carry that shame and we need to yeah. release that as well. Yeah. Well, and some of those things that need to be resolved are harder than other things. And uh, maybe a professional like yourself is important for, for the, the really tough ones, the tough nuts to crack. Yeah, it's hard to do that on your on your own in self-hypnosis. I mean, it will happen, yeah. but you don't really want to take yourself back to any traumatic memories um, because it, it does take a specific process to help you sure. release and resolve it. Sure. And the positive words made me think of, yeah, don't say, 
don't think of the pink elephant because of course you think <laughs> of the pink elephant. You can't right. stop yourself from thinking of the thing you're saying, don't do it. So you can't have negatives on there. Yeah, yeah, always positive statements, yeah. And so in addition to the, um, the visualization, the self-talk, I think, is also related to that. Even if it's just like a little mantra that you're just saying over and over and over again, part of it is, I think, tell me what you think, is, is not to remind you of that thing you're saying, but it, it blocks out your mind's ability to think of other things. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's sort of like when I'm trying to use meditation to sleep by focusing on my breath, what I'm doing is it doesn't really matter that I'm noticing my breath. What matters is that by noticing my breath, I don't have any mind capacity for thinking of anything else, which would keep me awake. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so when we do, when we talk about self-talk, it's really damaging when it's happening and you're maybe not even aware that you're doing it. It could be in the background, like you hit a bad shot in golf and you say, in your kind of inner mind, it goes like, oh man, I really fucked that up. And <laughs> you didn't even mean to say that. It just came up. Or you have something that's kind of a consistent berating phrase that you use. Like mm. you screw something up in your sport and you say, oh, that was stupid. But you weren't trying to put yourself down and you weren't saying it out loud even. But you need to notice that. Notice what kind of things you say to yourself when something doesn't go right. And I want all of my athletes to then be aware of it and then stop, take a deep breath, say, no, that's not true anymore now. I am really sharp and on top of it and I've got this or whatever your new phrase is. You need to take a moment to release it. And and I say, if you say something negative to yourself, don't don't make it worse by saying, oh man, why do I always put myself down? <laughs> so, so it's just be aware of it, take a breath, let it out and say, yeah, that's not true anymore. Now I am super me, <laughs> whatever your thing is. Yeah. And this, that self-talk, it opens up all of these different memories and beliefs and statements about yourself that have a similar quality. So when you say, ah, oh, crap, oh, why do I always screw this up? And then your brain is going like, because of this and this and this and this and this. And when you're in Little League and this, <laughs> so we don't want that because then you're going to be in a total right. state of just failure and you're not going to have any fun at your sport. Right. Yes. Well, we wouldn't want that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not. you know, cause, cause to some extent we're, what we're talking about is not just fun in our sport, but our sport is also where we're getting our exercise. And for myself, I'll say that my exercise is a part of me staying healthy and maybe even living a long time. And so I don't want to get to where I don't like it. Anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now, now I'm doing it because I, I feel like I have to, you know, I'm, gritting my teeth and I'm doing my exercise, even though I hate it. That's miserable life. Yeah. Well, we have to to want it. So a lot of us use what we call a strategy that is away from, which means we're trying to get away from something or we're trying to go towards something. And we want you to, especially with exercise, to want to go toward it rather than saying, oh, I have to exercise. Why do I always just quit every time I, you know, take up a new sport and I just quit? That's the away from, but you want to go towards. So I have a session that's called, it's a recorded session, it's called Love to Exercise. And I make people kind of into compulsive 
exercisers, they love to work out and they can't miss a day because their brain is going toward that good feeling they have of being proud of themselves and feeling all of the endorphins already, even before they do it, and just really wanting that and craving it. And that's a pretty cool thing to get people consistently to continue their sport, look forward to it, and instead of dreading like, I'm so fat, I've got to go exercise, instead of having that strategy, it's that, wow, I can't wait to get into the gym or get on my bike and yeah, I, w- I used to ride my bike a lot, like every day. I got so addicted to riding my bike. It was in Boulder. It was like yeah. the biggest rush. I Everywhere I could, because there are a lot of bike paths in Boulder. Yeah. They go all through the creeks and all this. But I just couldn't wait to ride my bike every day. And, <laughs> and I know that feeling once you get into that and there's enough positive things involved in it. But it's interesting, like even saying that when I'm talking about some of the negative things that get triggered in our brains, while I was telling you that my brain was remembering when some guy was following me and I was going way out into nowhereville on my bike and some guy was following me and he wouldn't quit following me and I was getting scared. So my brain triggered that, Hmm. which I didn't want that to happen. It was one of those subconscious things that's lurking in there. And so then I took off to get into town and he kept following me all the way into town. (laughs) Oh my God, nothing bad happened. But the point was that we need to be aware of those things that are triggering a less than resourceful state, which are little bits of memories like that. And then for me, what I would want to do is say, that was in the past, that was a long time ago and that's not happening right now. Okay. Well, that is really fascinating stuff. I'm glad we've had a chance for me to learn more about this. I'm I'm very intrigued. Is there anything we haven't touched on that you think would be important for people to know about? Yeah, well, you know, it's, it, it, any sport that you're doing, you want to have that feeling of just loving it and, and looking forward to it and being excited about it. So if you have something that happens that's, that's a difficult failure or something that just is keeping you from being really good at your sport, you should consider doing something about it so that you can enjoy it again. Um, I was just remembering bowling. I worked with bowlers (laughs) to get them to bowl better. Yeah. That was funny. And I, I was never a really great bowler, but I did like bowling. And one of the days I was bowling, I um, (laughs) I'm sitting and waiting for my turn. I closed my eyes, took a couple breaths and said, ah, strikes, so many strikes. Anyway, I got up and bowled four strikes in a row. Wow. (laughs) Which was like, what? I mean, for me, like one would be like awesome. Every athlete know that that mindset exists for you. And if there's anything that's standing in the way that you can release that and resolve it, stop fighting it notice your negative self-talk and just don't beat yourself up, you know, say, Hey, that's okay. That's in the past. Now this is how I feel. Yeah. And I guess it's probably worth saying, and I I don't want to put words in your mouth so you can speak for yourself, but I wouldn't think that there's any intention to say that people are born with the skills to race their bike well, or bowl well, or hit a golf ball or putt uh, well. And that if they just are hypnotized, they can reach into those ancestral memories to be able to do that well. 
but instead it's that you, you know, you have these skills that you have learned mm -hmm. and you're interfering with your own ability to do these skills well. And if you can figure out how to get past that with your help or doing it yourself, then, then you're not limited by you're, you're only limited by your skills now, not your skills times some interference factor that you're throwing on top of that. And so it, you probably even get faster, clearer feedback in your skill development mm. because oh, yeah. Yeah. did you practice your skills well, you didn't have some interference where you, you know, you yipped on your putt or whatever, and you're thinking, oh, that was a skill error. Well, no, that was not related to your skills. But if you can get that that emotion out of it, and you're just working on the skills, you get a cleaner feedback effect for learning. Anyway, what do you think of all of that? Exactly, exactly. And you're better at your sport than you think you are. You have better skills than you're probably using in every sport. And so the example of my golfers that, you know, when they, before they had the hypnosis, they would get zero or one ball in the cup on the putting green. And then after we did it, they'd get three, four or five in. And they didn't yeah. improve their skills. They just changed how their mind was perceiving the, you know, talking about the amount of um, speed on the ball and the way that it's going to roll on the turf. And your, your inner mind already knows exactly what needs to be done for that ball to go in the cup. And as we have them mentally rehearse it, I'm not giving them more skills. I'm just having them um, open up the mental state that they need in order to use those yeah. skills because they're, they're, they're doing, um, they're doing this sport by making it just the mechanics of it rather than taking in all the other things. Our subconscious mind is so ridiculously amazing that we can improve our abilities, even if our yeah. skill set hasn't changed. Right. Yeah. I'll bet the difference between the, the guys that's winning the professional golf tournament and the guy that can't make the cut is not skills as much as it's their ability to control how their mind gets in the way mm, exactly. of the using of their skills. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why for every sport, the mind game is everything. I got to learn a lot from a very early on from a man who was doing a lot of sports hypnosis, specifically golf. And Steve Parkhill was amazing. And he used to spend like an hour on the phone with me several times a week, just helping me know how to work with golfers. And back then, this was before we had like, you know, internet and all that stuff. We had AOL, I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and if you wanted to send a message to somebody, you had to get out a stamp and an envelope. <laughs> <laughs> it was very early on. Um, so he helped me tremendously and helped me understand a lot of the principles that I've talked about today. And his voice has stayed with me and his expertise has helped me with a lot of athletes who are enjoying their sports much more. Excellent. But, you know, going back to Ken, the um, Ironman, to think about replacing something that is an addiction that you feel absolutely helpless to change or to end. And I know in AA, they tell you you're powerless, but that's not true. <laughs> we want you to be powerful. 
And there is a way to replace an addiction with something that gives you a lot of satisfaction and having a sport that drives you and gives you feelings that are way better than the alcohol or the drugs is a really big part of it. There's a place in Boulder, and I think they have other of these as well, but it's called Phoenix Multisport. And they take addicts and they get them involved in a lot of different sports and get them to experience a totally different side of themselves so that they don't need alcohol or drugs. So they're getting their, their drug is the sport. It's a pretty cool concept. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, really nice. Yeah, I like the sound of that. All right. Well, Hey Glenn, have yes. you ever been hypnotized? Yes, I have actually. <laughs> oh, way really? back when in my, this is so funny because you talk about people on stage type stuff, but my freshman year in high school, we had a student who was very good at hypnotherapy and he would, he would prove things to us. He, he'd have kids do things they couldn't do normally. And he put oh, them really? on the edge of a chair. They had them balanced with a head on one of the chair and these the oh, yeah. on the other side. Uh-huh. And he would just stretch them out, <laughs> lay them out, and he'd sit there and he'd just like that, just balance. Yeah. But then he would he would put in these, I guess, you know the term post-hypnotic suggestion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he'd tell them and say, in about 10 minutes, I'm going to have you just, just close the door. So we take some out of the hypnotic state, and then we're just talking. And suddenly he gets up and he closes the door. And we're like, what did you do that for? And so I was like, Whatever it was, it was my first experience with hypnosis, and so, like I said, my experience has been like Joe, and, you know, stage type stuff. But this was actually in a in a you know bunch of kids in high school, freshman year, or so or what, fifteen, sixteen years old. Yeah. But I was yeah. like, wow, and um, and then um, gosh, I can't think of his name. There's a gentleman when you started talking about the self hypnosis. Mm-hmm. As a gentleman whose tapes I used to have, I, I have to dig them up now. He used the exact same idea about how to relax from head to toe mm-hmm. and take the feeling all the way down. And then he'd have you count. At the end of the count, you'd be in a, in a hypnotic state, basically. And it was very powerful. His name would come to me, but he's apparently very popular, very famous. But um, um, I had a set of tapes. And I love his stuff because it was really good to kind of relax and everything else. So it's kind of like, in my mind, I mean, I... I'm thinking, hey, you're in Kona, right? <laughs> <laughs> I could use a visit to Kona anyway, but um, that's right. Yeah, you can being, come on over. <laughs> come on over, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sure there's there's a lot of things in my past that have affected my performances, and I can see it when I'm racing. Sometimes when I get in the wrong mindset, and I can see it the other times when I get in the right mindset. Yeah, and I'm you know the difference. Why is everyone so tired today? Why is everyone going so slow? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that kind of stuff, you know. So it all depends, and so your your mindset is so powerful yeah. as far as you know. If if you're thinking that everyone around you is stronger than you, well, they are. You know, yeah. if you're thinking that you're stronger than everyone else, well, you will be, because you'll do things you really wouldn't other, otherwise do because you'll take the chances you wouldn't take otherwise. So. Yeah, and yeah. another thing is with sports. When you when you said that about why are they all so slow, we <laughs> have some ability to influence on a on a really weird level. <laughs> Here's the woo woo. Uh, other people and the effect on their body and their mind state and everything. So, with the golfers, there's a phrase that I embed in their minds that is the other players are intimidated and feel helpless to the power and the authority of your game. And mm, I like that. It, you're not trying to be cruel, but. <laughs> <laughs> my, my own thoughts uh, in hearing all of that is to say, I don't know, you know, <laughs> but I, I, I want to say I, by nature, I'm a doubter. I'm, I'm conservative. 
Uh, and it's why it has taken me so long into my life to find these other things. And so what I'll just say to the audience is don't dismiss it. Yeah. If it sounds a little bit too much, don't dismiss it. Look into it. There's more to it. There is. There's more to human beings than just the the basics. Yeah. So I have a, a show that I do. It's on locals.com and it's called Sleep With Me. And if you go to that, you can listen to the remote influence session that I did. Um, and it tells yeah. you all about how, like to back up why we have this ability to do this and how easy it is to do it, but we're doing it all the time. And we need to know that you're either doing it for a good outcome or you're sabotaging yourself because you're influencing people around you to have the feelings that you're putting out. If you're thinking, nobody's going to like me. These people aren't going to want me. I'm going to audition for this play and I'm, they're not going to want me. Why would they want me? So you're, you're sending those vibes instead of the ones that you do need. But yeah, go to the remote influence yeah, yeah. Um, video in there. It's really interesting. Yeah, we'll get that link from you. But but it's definitely true. I, I mean, in this kind of area of, of stuff that might sound like woo-woo, I totally believe that we create our own reality with our thoughts. And, and it's not yeah. the power of our thoughts manifesting things, but it changes our behavior and it changes our confidence. And then that results in our life yes. and yes. so it, this is all it all seems to be the same kind of a thing to me but you're absolutely right you're hitting the nail right on the head so when i started in my hypnotherapy business my previous business left me in debt owing tax money and all this stuff and i didn't have a pot to piss in and i did this hypnosis thing to go one year in the future because i was going to hypnotherapy school at the time and i went one year yeah. in the future and i so I apparently had made a million dollars in selling cassette tapes at the time. <laughs> it's like, wow. Huh? And I had written a book and there are all these people in that vision that love the work that I did. And consciously this didn't make a lot of sense to me, but it, it just, what you were just saying, it, what happened after that made me do things differently. I had confidence from that future moment. I had, I was intrigued. I was creative and I was kind of unstoppable. So I would go into doctor's offices and drop off um, literature to get clients. I walked into a health club that was this huge upscale health club to say, hey, can I do hypnosis classes for your athletes? And they're like, yeah. And they did all this advertising for me for free. And I got to use the aerobics room for free every week and just things that I took chances on that I wouldn't have done otherwise had I not yep. had that vision. And so it's yep. just what you were saying that it makes you do things differently. And instead of thinking like, oh, I can't go into doctor's offices. They're going to like laugh at me <laughs> or something, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I meant. And I, after that year, I had sold $1 million and $12,000 of cassette tapes. Holy cow. No. I know. <laughs> and I wrote a book. Well, <laughs> nice. Well, Wendy, thank you very much. This has been better than I had hoped. Uh, you're a real pro, and I uh, thank you for your time. I wonder if you want to share with our audience how they can find you and and then we'll get some links from you to put in the show notes yeah um 
On my site, there's a lot of free stuff that you can get started with so you can experience hypnosis and things that you just download. And it's wendy.com, which is W-E-N-D-I.com. So that's all you have to remember. Or if you want to listen to some of my, watch some of my videos, uh, sleep with me is at locals.com, which you'll need a link for that probably, but but that's kind of a cool platform. And you can ask me questions and um, communicate with me there as well. Great, great. Well, we'll, we'll get all that stuff into the show notes so yeah. that people, if they haven't taken any notes, they can uh, just look in there. Yeah, well, how Thank fun. you very much, Wendy. Mm-hmm. It was really a blast. I appreciate both of you for doing this. Yeah, this is great. Awesome. All righty, bye-bye. Pleasure. Thank you so much for listening in to my discussion with Wendy Friesen about how to use hypnosis to improve athletic performance. And thanks to Wendy for taking some time to share her expertise. You can find more information about Wendy in the show notes or by going to wendy.com. That's W-E-N-D-I.com. And if you head over to wiseathletes.com, you can send us a question to address in the podcast, see all of our episodes, subscribe to our podcast, and you can sign up for our newsletter. If you are on social media and enjoyed this episode, please post about it. That'll be a great help. Thanks again.